Welcome to the 10th episode of Cutting Edge. I'm Lannis Sturdivant, and for those of you who have been tuning in day in and day out, your support means so much, and hopefully these episodes continue to be engaging, enjoyable, and valuable to you. Any feedback, insights, commentary, or suggestions for future episodes that you may have are greatly appreciated. Today, DJ Khaled is the subject of discussion. We all know him as the loud and charismatic DJ, producer, mogul, and executive whose catchphrase is, We the best, and another one. I'm not even going to try to do it like he does it because only he can do it like he does it, are absolutely unmistakable. He's released 12 albums over the course of his tenured career, nine of which reached the top 10 and three of which peaked at number one. He's most notable for All I Do Is Win, No Brainer, I'm The One, and Wild Thoughts, which were RAA certified as three times, two times, uh, eight times, and five times platinum respectively. He's one who loves to boast about the finer things in life, making his riches known on his socials and in his videos, and it seems like he has every major figure in the industry on speed dial, with a slew of high-profile features on every album. However, none of this came to him overnight. Going on 46 years old, he's been active in the music industry since the mid-90s. Born in New Orleans in 1975 to a devoutly Muslim Palestinian family, he'd heard Arabic music around the house throughout his childhood. However, it was the rap, soul, and R&B sounds that really gripped young Khaled's heart, and his parents supported it. They saw that he was embracing the sound of a new country and were more than happy to see their son chasing his passion. He began working at a merry-go-round record store and later at an odyssey, and it was through this that he really caught on to the independent New Orleans rap scene. In 1993, a teenage Khaled met Cash Money Records co-founder Birdman and an 11-year-old Lil Wayne at the very same record store. These connections to the New Orleans scene super early on would pay off for him in a big way. Throughout the next five years following his departure from Odyssey, Khaled would pick up local DJing gigs, including reggae sound clashes, to make a few dollars here and there. Through these experiences, he developed an expert's ear for how sounds blended and fit together. In 1998, the credit he would earn through DJing would get him the opportunity to move to Miami to co-host The Luke Show on 99 Jams Radio alongside two live crews, Luther Campbell. Then, in 2003, then 27 years old, he individually hosted his own weeknight radio show called The Takeover, giving himself aliases such as The Don Dada, Mr. Miami, and Big Dog Pitbull in his energetic segments. The video I posted on the Cutting Edge Instagram was the first time he was nationally on, he was on national news, anyway. And even then, you can see the early stages of the guy he is now and his obsession with being the best even then. In 2005, his connection with New York rapper and icon Fat Joe, whose Terror Squad collective featured Khaled as a producer, earned him a record deal, as Fat Joe spoke to Khaled's energy as being, quote-unquote, Fat Joe on steroids. For those of you who know who Fat Joe is, that's a true statement. Under Terror Squad Entertainment and Coke Records, Khaled would release his debut studio album, Listen... Dot, 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 the album. <laughs> the album featured Birdman, Fat Joe, Lil Wayne, Kanye West, Pitbull, John Legend, and many others. His next album, aptly titled We the Best, came out in 2007, executive produced by himself and Fat Joe. Through, though the album peaked at number 8 and also featured hot artists at the time such as Akon, T.I., Ja Rule, Jada Kiss, and Rick Ross, some found his con consistent ad-libbing to be annoying and felt that it took away from the quality of the music which continues to be a critique to this day. However, he would earn his fl first platinum single ever with I'm So Hood. 
Khaled's 2008 album, We Global, would earn him the BET Hip Hop and Ozone DJ of the Year awards, and Def Jam South, the Southern Division of Def Jam, appointed him the president the following year. His fourth album, Victory, releasing in 2010, saw another star-studded lineup, featuring Drake, Ludacris, Snoop Dogg, and Nelly, among many others. However, the project still sort of flopped in sales, as it would debut at number 12 on the Billboard. Though the work as a whole wasn't as successful as Khaled's previous discography, All I Do Is Win would be certified double platinum at the time and would stand the test of time throughout the new decade, eventually earning triple platinum status. He would release two more albums over the next two years called We The Best Forever and Kiss The Ring, both amounting similar metrics and Khaled's consistency continued to reap rewards. At the beginning of 2013, Khaled stated in an MTV interview that there was a big bald spot that kept forming on his beard and it was getting larger, concerning him to the point where he eventually sought out medical advice. The doctor suggested that it could be stress-related, saying that he could be suffering from success, which became the title of his next album. It was supported by two singles, No New Friends, featuring Wayne, Drake, and Ross, and I Want to Be With You, featuring Nicki Minaj, Future, and Ross. At the same time, there was an ongoing publicity stunt between Nikki and Khaled as Khaled fake proposed to her on air at Power 106, backed by a 10-carat ring worth 500000 which turned out to just be promotion for the new single. The album cracked the top 10, hitting number 7. His next project, I Changed A Lot, was considered another fallback on his end. Though critics found the album to be solid altogether, it was thought to be missing that triumphant and ground-shaking anthem and or anthems that Khaled became known for. Self-proclaiming to be the best holds you to a high standard. Once again debuting at 12, little did anyone know that a major breakthrough was coming. In February of 2016, he signed a management-only deal with Jay-Z's Rock Nation as a means to release Major Key, his ninth studio album. For free, featuring Drake, which was the first single off of the album, is certified triple platinum in the U.S. This is around the time he started to become an internet meme, skyrocketing his success through, success, rather, through his largely promoted Snapchat story series where he, he revealed his keys to success. His first child, Asad Khaled, was born in October of that same year, and he's the cover of Khaled's album Grateful, which is arguably his most successful album to date. Debuting at number one as a project, which would mark his second number one album, following Major Key. He also put I'm the One, featuring Justin Bieber, Chance the Rapper, Quavo and Lil Wayne, and Wild Thoughts, featuring Bryson Tiller and Rihanna, at number one and two as singles. After years of speaking it into existence, Khaled really was the best now. However, that would be thwarted by Tyler the Creator in 2019, as his influential album Igor swiped the number one debuting album away from Khaled's Father of Assad. Although the album did feature no-brainer, most of the other songs failed to get significant traction, and this greatly upset Khaled. He released a bitter Instagram video that has since been deleted, subliminally alluding to the fact that his music is everywhere, and that Tyler's more underground presence and unorthodox sound somehow like makes it not real rap, I don't know. He even went as far as to file a lawsuit against Billboard, alleging that they unfairly discounted as much as 100,000 of his sales. Despite being shaken up by the failures of Father of Assad, Khaled came back strong with his self-titled Khaled Khaled in 2021, which took the number one spot. Executive production credits were given to himself, Assad, and his one-year-old son, Alam, and to, and to Allah, 
as an ode to his Islamic faith. He stated that his mission for the album was for listeners to be inspired, motivated, to move with love, and to not hold back their greatness. As easy as it is to poke fun at Khaled for his motivational persona, he did a lot of things early on to set himself up for success. First and foremost, his years of experience in DJing and production, even before he started commercially releasing, made him an extreme asset in the recording booth. And that's why he's often played the executive production roles on these albums, and he's not just simply beat-making, if he even is beat-making. He knows what his songs sound like, and he can handcraft them. And with his seemingly unlimited connections, he can tap on those who will get streams and create moments for people. Secondly, and maybe even more importantly, he was forming those connections really early on. He found Burnman and Wayne when the two were still independent, and as the two grew, he could tap on them for his album. While in the Miami scene in the early 2000s, he found an up-and-coming pitbull. Fat Joe had been in connection with him for over a decade before his release of his first album, and he'd been doing production work for him early. And as a record executive with all sorts of status in New York, it gave Khaled many options. He was also extremely consistent and worked his way up. His passion was always there, and that was evident regardless of where he was or what he was doing. And that draws people in and reaps great opportunity. Thanks again for listening. Once again, I'm going to link the sources that I used in the podcast description because believe it or not, I don't come up with these things off the top of my head. If you want to follow Cutting Edge, you can hit the follow on Spotify or wherever you're listening from. I assume it's just Spotify for right now. We're still listing for Apple Podcasts and Pandora. If you want to follow Cutting Edge on Instagram, that's going to be under at Cutting Edge IG. That's at C-U-T-T-I-N-G. E-D-G-E-I-G on Instagram. If you want to follow me, I'm going to be under Landon underscore Sturdivant on Instagram. That's L-A-N-D-O-N underscore S-T-U-R-D-E-V-A-N-T. And on Snapchat, I'm going to be L-T Sturdivant 21. That's L-T-S-T-U-R-D-E-V-A-N-T 21. And my email is L-T Sturdivant at Yahoo.com. That's L-T-S-T-U-R. D-E-V-A-N-T at yahoo.com. With all that being said, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode.